Today we're going to be speaking about um, how Chalvi Sol uh, milk and I guess other products is created. Um, just to, to introduce it, just to mention that um, Chazal said that we're not allowed to drink milk unless it's Chalvi Sol, which is to say that a yid has to watch the milking to make sure that this milk comes from a cow or some other kosher species. And um, for, for today's discussion, we're going to we're going to just assume that milk has to be Chalvi Sol, the idea of Chalv Stam, and maybe that should be permitted, will be discussed some other time. Today we're just going to assume that you need that Chol Vizual is what you're eating and producing. Maybe a little at the end we'll speak about Chol Vizual for a second. Um, and um, so we're just going to give an overview of what, what does it take to make Chol Vizual. We're going to basically split into two parts. The first part is going to be about the Hashkoch. And that is like this. If you <coughs> opened up a Mishnais, when Misha talks about um, Chol Vizual, it says you need to have uh, milk has to be uh, milked with the Yisrael or with the Yid watching it. And if you just read it simply, you would assume that that means is the Yid has to see the entire milking, every drop coming out of the cow. But the truth is that from the Gemara and the later place can come out, so that's also fine for the the Jewish person to be Yitzhak Nechnas. It means he comes in and out. And, excuse me, when he does that, if he's Yitzhak Nechnas, he makes a mirror, says he makes the, the Goyim be afraid to be caught in case they would be tampering with the milk, so that's a, a, that's good enough to know that this is that there wasn't any other milk put into it, and therefore it qualifies as chavisol. Okay, and and lemaisa, um, all chavisol is made like that, but to one extent or another, that there may not, there isn't going to be a, a Jewish person standing there every single second. Uh, by and large, it's going to have some sort of yitzur in it. Now, the Prichadur says that um, he says you know yitzur really only works if there's only one non-Jewish person on the farm. Uh, because if there'd be more than one, then one one of the non-Jews could be standing there by the door, keeping an eye to watch if the yid is coming back, and he'll be signaling to the other guy who's putting in, mixing in the trade milk. So, if you have only one guy on the farm, then he can't look out and be mixing in non-kosher milk at the same time, so then that's fine. He says, but if, if there's more than one, then there might be a lookout um, calling into the other guy. You know, think about even more nowadays when we have, you know, cell phones and things like that. So one guy could be watching for the mashkiach, or the, the yid, and the other one could be potentially making trouble. So the Prichal says that would not be um, good enough. So, um, nowadays we, we don't exactly follow that. And seemingly the reason for that is because um, the amount of Yitzhak Nechans that you have to have, and the amount you have to be think about uh, lookouts and things like that, it's sort of connected to how easy it is for the person to get non-kosher milk. So if it's easily available, meaning he has three cows and, and two horses, so then um, the lookout means if, if the lookout keeps going, he says, okay, you're safe for the next couple of minutes. I see he's not coming. Then I'll put in some, you know, horses milk. But in the United States, there isn't, it, it, we're in a situation of what, the way the Prichadosh uses the words of ain't dover tummy bed, right? There's no trafe animals around that are suitable for milking. Um, and it would take him so long to get the trade milk that even the look at it is not going to do him any good. He doesn't really have enough time from, you know, the time that someone would notice it to put it in, just like if the person by himself, he, he would see you from the door, well, that's not enough time to sneak something in. So even having two people, it's not going to do the trick um, if, realistically nowadays to him to put something in. Okay, so seemingly, that's why um, we allow the the Yotzim uh, Nechnas even in cases where the um, even in case where there's more than one guy, but just every farm, every, every farm is going to have more than one guy there. Now, uh, even even that said, 
there is a case where similarly the pre-chadosh would apply, and that is when you have one mashkiach whose job it is to keep an eye and create the Chol Yisrael for many, many farms. Okay, so there's, that'll be, there's farms, you know, there are ten farms producing milk, and he's, he's all those, that look is coming together to be one Chol Yisrael production, um, which is not unusual if you have smaller farms. So that mashkiach is, is keeping an eye on all these farms, and he's going from place to place. Now, if the places are, are far, reasonably far apart, let's say they're half an hour apart from each other, so when the mashkiach shows up at farm number A, farm A, then, and nowadays we have telephones, so he shows up at farm A, the guy at farm A can tell the guy at B, you know, you're safe for half an hour. And if you have a really long amount of time um, before the mashkiach is ever going to show up again, so seemingly that would be a case where what the prechadr says would apply, which is one mashkiach in that case is not going to be good enough to be considered, um, to be considered, uh, because, again, because the, the, the guy from one place can tell the other people, well, for, so far away that they could put in trade milk, uh, and therefore you'd have to be, in that case, you'd have to have more than one mashkiach. Now, the Ramah says that even if there's ain't of a term of edge, right, there's nothing, there's no reasonable choices for the people to put in a trade milk. Even so, before the milking starts, the, the yid has to check the container to make sure there's nothing in there from beforehand. In other words, in addition to just watching the milk actually coming out of the cow, he's got to make sure the container is empty because, you know, he had trade milk to start with. That would be, you know, defeat uh, the whole goal of the, of the Ashkach over here. So, um, so what it means is, Lamaise, so that's what Amashkir has to do. He has to go check the, the milking equipment, make sure all the milking equipment is, is empty and um, <coughs> before he starts, <coughs> he has to check the silos. <coughs> where they're going to store the milk, the trucks, the tanker trucks that's going to go into, and the other tanks that, and other tanks that are going to be along, along the way in that production, he's got to check the, the start of the day, he's got to look at all of them and make sure everything is empty. Um, so, so the, uh, so, so, that means to say is, that we, I, I talked a second ago about having the Yetzir and Nichnas, and it's true, you can have Yetzir and Nichnas, but Yetzir and Nichnas is for the overall Hashkacha, but the beginning of the, of the, milking definitely needs a mashkiach there, because the mashkiach is going to come there to make sure that the, the, all the equipment, the containers, the tanks, the trucks, all those kind of things are empty, so he's got to be there definitely at the beginning. Typically, he has to be there at the end also, because um, once the milk is produced as chal we need someone to seal it, uh, and of course that seal is going to have to be done by the mashkiach, that's his, that's his job, is to seal it and mark down, you know, what seals it were, however he, he identifies um, that these were the, that this is the kosher, this is the kosher vet. So we've already knocked it down to he's got to be there for the beginning and for the end also. Now, there's a little bit of a question, and that is, <coughs> what happens if um, it's common that cows are milk three times a day? So we'll say midnight, 8 a.m., and 4 p.m. So what happens if the, there's a lot of cows on the farm? And the milking that started at midnight goes all the way till 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And then there's like a break, and then at 8 o'clock, again, 8 o'clock, in the, uh, two hours later, they start again. Okay, And the mashkiach is on the farm the whole time. Okay, he, He's there. That, that's his job. He's, he's keeping on this on this milking. So at 6 o'clock, they finish milking, uh, and then two hours, they, maybe they clean, and then two hours later, they start up again with the new milking. So is he required to check that the cables are empty, that all those, the, the milking equipment and the tanks, all those things are empty before he starts at 8 o'clock um, milking? Sent out seemingly. The reason why you you check containers when you start is because you're afraid there might be milk in there that's not called so That's not that's not from a cow. There might be horses milk inside that container, so you have to check it first. 
But over here, he's been here the whole time, and he he knows that there's nothing in there. That, that, that's what he, I mean, the past six hours, they milk, milk actually is going to be Um So it seemed pretty meaningless um, to tell him that he should check the contingents again. Um, there are those who are, who are you know, diehard, uh, you know, purists, and they say, no, uh, we have, you have to, you must check it at the beginning of a milking. Um, but seemingly, that's not required. I don't believe that we require it. Uh, I'm not sure about that, actually. Um, but seemingly, it doesn't make so much sense to require that, um, because, because what's he checking for? I mean, he's been here the whole time, and he knows that, you know, it's just going on and on. Okay, anyhow, so, so, Jack, to summarize what we have here, Moshiach needs to at the beginning of the milking, um, to make sure the containers are empty. He needs to be at the, typically, he has to be at the end as well. And, in order to be Yotzev Nechmas, we'll say that he Tip, the common thing is that he's got to come by during the milking, at least one time during the milking. That makes him Yotzev Nechnaz. He shows up, uh, he comes at least once in the middle of the milking, uh, if not more, of course. <coughs> now, just like with any other kind of Yotzev Nechnaz at all that works, um, when a mashkiach is on a schedule, and he's predictable, and everybody knows exactly what he's going to do, then that's sort of, it's not a very successful um, Yotzev Nechnaz. So if they know, that he comes, let's say, the milking starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, he comes at 8 o'clock, and he always comes back at 10.30, um, then they know that they're safe from 8 till 10.30, and from 10.30 till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So, a mashkiach, who's Yetzim Nechnas, needs to be unpredictable, and needs to show up at all random times. And he needs to even sometimes come twice to the same milking, so they don't know, they don't think, oh, once he came once, he'll never come again until the milking ends. Okay. Now, um, the questions we're not going to talk about is, kill a mashkiach, um, watch milking over camera, and how about, could, what does he do if you have a farm that's completely automated, that there aren't basically any people doing anything? Um, those we spoke about once, a long time in the past, um, it's more than it is for today. Okay, now there's another part of Hashkacha, uh, another part of Chal Hashkacha, that really has nothing to do with non-coastal species, nothing to do with the, the, the traditional non-coastal species, and that is um, something called DA cows. What does that mean? The cows have four parts of their stomach. The fourth part, which is called the cava, or the abomasum, uh, can become bloated. And what will happen is the cava is supposed to be on the bottom right side of the cow, and it will move, okay, usually to the left side, okay? Um, there's different ways for uh, farmers or veterinarians to help solve this problem. Um, this, is a, this condition is called displaced abomasum, and it's the fourth stomach. The abomasum is in the wrong place, or in short, it's called DA. Um, and, this, and there's all kinds of questions about whether the procedures that are done to solve this problem make the animal to a trafer. If they do, and which ones make him to a trafer? Okay, that's totally not our discussion. We talked about it when we talked, learned about shrita um, and trafers, things like that. We spoke about that question. Um, what's relevant to us is that there's a big divide between how chal and non-chal um, people giving hashkacha approaches. The people... Products that are not going to be chal that are going to be chal stam, they are makele about this, and they do not pay any attention to whether there are cows in there that had that had this surgery, that, that are DA cows that therefore had a surgery. They pay, they don't pay attention to it. Kind of, and then that's you know we talk about then why is it why is that a, re, a acceptable uh, position to take? In contrast, the people who, the milk that's well, milk products that are certified as chal visual are marked on this. Excuse me, and they'll have the mashkiach make sure that there are no DA cows in the herd that's being milked to make Chalvisrael milk. So, that becomes now responsibility of the Mashkiach, aside from what we talked about beforehand, to make sure that it's actually Chalvisrael, that, you know, that there's no um, 
check nog, the containers are empty, he checks the minachnas, all those kind of things to, to, to make it the traditional Chol Yisrael. He now, nowadays he has an extra responsibility, which is to make sure that there are no D8 cows in the herd. Um, now with modern, you know, uh, computerized records, that's not as difficult as it sounds. Um, he, you know, you can tell which cow, you can see on the computer which cows had the surgery. You can often see just by looking at the cows, if, you know, you can see a scar on them if, they, if one slips by and gets in. Okay, now, that's our first half of what we had to talk about, which is what it takes to make milk chalvisol. The second half we have to talk about within making chalvisol is that it's pretty common that chalvisol milk um, and other dairy products are made in factories that most of the time do not make chalvisol. Okay, so they, they just use a factory to take, um, to, to process, uh, the, the, the process, the, 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 I guess we'd say the first part we were speaking about was the creation, the, the actual, at the farm, um, and now we're talking about the, the milk being processed further out of the farm, um, and it's typically done in places, in, in uh, factories that are not always making chalvisol. They usually actually make chalvisol, and once in a while, maybe once a week or twice a week, they make chalvisol. <coughs> so, there are two, questions, two things to talk about relating to that. And the first is, like this, in, in the dairy plant, there are going to be the dairy plants that have these large silos um, that hold liquid milk that they're about to use to either to put the bottles or to make cheese or whatever they're going to do with it, but they have these big silos that hold milk, okay? The silos are always, the product in it is always cold, the milk is, has to be actually refrigerated, so it's always cold, and they're, the way they're constructed, they're, it's not very easy to cash them, okay? Cashing them with boiling water, as might potentially be required, um, is very difficult. It's not difficult to do the boiling water per se. That's not terribly difficult. The problem is that the tanks can collapse if you um, boil them up and then cool them down too quickly. Okay, so anyhow, it's difficult to cash them. So lots of people avoid the cashering. Well, what do you mean avoid the cashering? It's, it's trade. Well, and the idea is the following. Um, since the milk is always cold, then the only way that time transfers into or out of the silo is through coverage. Okay, now coverage takes 24 hours to happen. Uh, <clears throat> so we have a, a milk, t- a, this milk silo that is held non-kosher. We had milk that was not chalvisol, so it's it's not chalvisol. Okay, and now um, if we want, what we could do is we could make sure that the chalvisol milk never becomes coverage in here. So the tank might be not kosher, but we're gonna keep that non-kosher time from, or the, the not chalvisol time from getting into our chalvisol milk. Okay, now, sometimes, once in a while, that's just a scheduling issue. <clears throat> Make sure that the milk never sits in for 24 hours. Okay, make sure from the time it gets in until it gets out of the silo, it's never 24 hours. Okay, um, that's not always so realistic because um, it takes a few hours to fill up a truck, a tanker truck full of milk, and then it takes a few truckloads of milk to fill up the silo, uh, and then you have to process it. So it's usually pretty difficult to schedule it just perfectly that it never sits for 24 hours in the silo. So rather, there's, there's a, there's a I, don't know, I don't want exactly use the word trick, but a method that they use to avoid being covered for 24 hours, and that's like this. When we say that something has to be, is covered, means for 24 hours, uh, 24 continuous hours, it sits in, con- 24, con- sorry, consecutive hours, it sits in the tank. Um, but if, if it's moving around within the tank, coverage will still happen. So for example, if you have a tanker truck driving along the road, and the, and the oil that's in it is sloshing back and forth, that's okay. It's still considered to be covered. 
even though it's moving around, because basically the same oil is sitting in the uh, in that container for 24 hours straight. So that's considered that that creates cover. That's only if it's the same liquid. If it's a different liquid, um, in contact with the, with this container for 24 hours, then there's no covers. So, like for example, imagine if the oil was flowing through a pipe. So there could be oil flowing through the pipe continuously, you know, on and on and on for days on end. But the, the same oil, the same liquid is not there. It keeps changing from one to the other. In that case, we do not have a concern of covers, even though there's something there for 24 hours, but it's not the same thing for 24 hours. So, the Holy Soul productions take advantage of this idea. And what they do is, they have a silo, and the silo is, you know, filling up with milk. And what they'll do is, before 24 hours ends, they'll pump all the milk out of the silo, but there isn't another silo to put it into. Um, you know, the, 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 there isn't a spear silo uh, to, to put it to. So what they do is, excuse me, so what they do is, they pump it out of the silo, out of the bottom of the silo, and pump it right back into the top of the silo. So, and the, the thinking is, as Shachta says, how he describes it, um, what we're doing is, we took out every gallon of, of milk that we take out of the silo, uh, is now out. That gallon's out. When we put it back in, it's as if new milk being put into there. It's milk that didn't have a chance to have coverage in it. The, it, the coverage that it was having, the, the, the soaking that it was having in this tank ended, it finished. It got taken out of the tank, out of the silo. And now it's coming in, it's starting at 24 hours again. It's starting as fresh, a new 24 hours. So, um, so it, essentially what we're, doing, what we're doing is we're turning this silo into a pipe. What we're doing is we're saying is there is liquid in there for 24 hours, but it's not the same liquid. It's liquid, there's liquid that's there now, and then uh, before 24 hours ends, this liquid is all taken out, and new liquid is put into it instead. Now, it's, it's not all taken out at once. It's taken out slowly, and it's pumped from the bottom back into the top, and the thinking is that that's considered to be as if it's in two, it, it's new, so to speak, new milk coming into here, and there's no, um, and there's no cover. Now, others people, other people didn't agree with that. Others said, doesn't work like that, come on. So you should just say the silo and the pump and the pipes is all one big container and looking at just sloshing around. But most people in Chavisol, who give Hashgach and Chavisol, are make about this, and they'll say that that is a, a method of uh, preventing covers. Now, um, okay, so now, now it gets a little technical, which is, what do we have to do to prevent this, to stop this within 24 hours? Um, so two, two things we have to pass by to get that through. The first is, um, both Rebelsky and Shafta thought that as long as most of the milk in the tank, in the silo is, so to speak, new, that's good enough. Um, so, okay, now how do we just, that's our first step. How do we know if most of the milk in the silo has been pumped out? Now, you can't just say, well, we pumped out half of it. If, if I'm gonna, the can't, example I'm about to give you, there's 18,000 gallons, just pump out 9,000 gallons, and then you're good. And the reason why you can't do that is because once you're, this milk is being circulated back in. So, the first 100 gallons you take out are completely, so to speak, old milk. But the next 100 gallons you take out are a little bit of, a little bit of new milk and a lot of old milk. So how will you know that you've gotten out 9,000 gallons of old milk? That's what we have to get out. We can't just get out 9,000 gallons. We need to get 9,000 old gallons out. Okay? So um, I spoke to, actually this goes back years ago when I was working for you. I spoke to someone, Dr. Don Engelberg, at the time, he was the chairman of the Department of Physics in Queensboro. And it's asking, could he give me a formula that will help me figure this out? And he came up with the following formula. Uh, I'll say it out and explain how it works. The formula is H equals V times 0.7 divided by R. 
okay? Where H is the amount of hours of pumping you're going to need, so it, and V is the volume, the initial volume, how much was in the tank, in the tank, and that means in gallons, and R is the flow rate of the pump, okay? Also in gallons per hour. So an example I made up is we have a silo that holds 18,000 gallons, and it pumps at 50 gallons a minute. So 50 gallons a minute is 3,000 gallons an hour. Um, so that means, so H equals, the V here is, um, V is 18,000. So H equals 18,000 times 0.7 divided by R, the rate, which is 3,000. And that comes out to, four, the answer to that is the H is 4.2. meaning it takes 4 hours and 12 minutes. That's 2 tenths of an hour. 4 hours and, and, ten, and 12 minutes to circulate the milk that you'll have gotten a roiv of the milk uh, out of the bottom and back into the top. Okay, now, the last thing we need to talk about um, is the following. Uh, the Ramah is, is quite clear that um, just like you can't eat food made on Trev Kalim, you also cannot eat food made on Chalvakim Kalim. Okay, if Kalim used for Chalvakim, then you cannot use those Kalim for kosher food unless you catch them first. Okay, so a uh, modern question uh, a modern question that we have is, what about if it was used for Chalvstam? Wasn't used for Chalvakim, it was used for Chalvstam, which again, we're not talking about really today, but there is such a thing. There are people who eat Chalvstam, meaning they eat what's not Chalviso. Um, people, you know, people who do, want to do the right thing and they do that anyhow. So there are three applications of that question. We're not going to talk about them. I'm just going to mention the applications. One is, um, if I eat, if I'm a person who only eats chal visual, can I eat in someone else's house if, if they cook the food in their house and they only eat chal stam? So this, this in general, this is apply if I'm eating in, your, in someone else's house. The next is, um, what happens if someone roasted something uh, that was chal stam on the fire with that new liquid, like they made milk cookies? Okay, it was chal stam cookies. So should we say you need to do leben gummer like you usually have to do when something like a cookie is made in you know in a in a sheet pan? Um, would you have to would you have to do libun, or do you say that the um, or do we say um, that do we say that um, since for heter maybe we should look at it as heter? It's only just milk. It's not iser. It's only heter. Um, if you hold that half time is mutter, maybe we should say it's heter, and therefore you could just get away with hagala. The third question is: There are coolers about kashrim if the covers, if the iser that was covered in it was only heter. So should we? Those apply to chalstam. Okay. So, so all those questions and this general question of how we should treat chalstam as iser heter, we're going to talk about it in a different time when we speak about chalstam. That's really the focus. Is in, in, if we were talking about chalstam, then we'd have to talk about we're going to talk about those kind of questions in that discussion. But for our for today's purposes, the following thing is like this. Um, most hashkachas will be makel about these questions that I just spoke about. If two things: first of all, the kalim are in the binyanim, they haven't been used in 24 hours, and the new product that we're making, the, the thing we're about to make, the reason why we're kashering is because we're making something that's going to be considered power. So we're kashering from milchigs to power. The milchigs is chal stam. They would be makel about the things we said beforehand to, to kasher in the way as if we're kashering from heter, meaning from milchigs, rather than kashering from iser, which we call stam. That's if they were making something that was power. But if the, if the people are kashering the kalim to make something that could be called yisrael, Okay, that means they're making something that making from Khalfstan milk to Khalvisol milk or cheese or something like that, where the thing that they'll be making is going to be Khalvisol or something directed specifically at people um, who eat only Khalvisol, then they would not follow in these clothes. And the thinking is going to be that a lot of the people who buy 
food that specifically called Yisrael follow a Masara that says that's Machmer on the Shara we spoke about. Uh, and therefore, it would be misleading to those people, even though um, in Din is probably correct, that you can be Mako about the Shara, as we'll speak about when we talk about Chofstam, especially the way it's done when it's Eni Benyomi and um, when it's But um, is those people would not want that would not want that kind of a product, and therefore it's misleading to sell them this kind of a product made in a way that they wouldn't have been happy with. Okay? One last thing to mention is um, the in Chalkos Pijaman he speaks about, he brings Poiskim who speak about whether you have to be makbid on this din of Kashun if the Chal of Akum, or Venus Akum, we have to be makbid on that if it'll mean that you have something that can't be kashered. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, so an example for us of something that would not be able to be kashered would be is, what happens if you had a dairy company um, whose homogenizer had ceramic pistons? Not, not so common in dairies, but it can happen. Um, so ceramic is kashered can't be kashered. Or it was in a distillation column, and the packing was ceramic. Um, so in those kind of cases, if, if you're going to say that you have to kasher, you have to call stam, you have to call not call stam, call akum. If you say kasher, you have to call akum. You have to be um, do that. You have to be makpan on that. Even if it will mean uh, you won't be able to kasher the kli at all, then you'd be stuck over here. Uh, but there are those who thought you could make them. Uh, obviously, it needs a shayel schacham, and other stodim l'hakol maybe like for schacham stam and other things to think about. I'm just mentioning such a shita that maybe um, if there's if you won't be able to cash it all together, that would be a reason um, to be make up that this thing about cashing if the chalvakum.